This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with up-to-the-minute news from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice every weekday. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Bigley. Today's top story, as it will be for as far as the eye can see, is Ukraine, impeachment, whistleblowing, all of the above. I'm fascinated by a few items that came out today, not necessarily the big picture on the impeachment and on the investigations that the open hearings that are about to happen, but a couple of details about Giuliani and Burisma that I think create more questions than they answer. And it galled me beyond belief when I was trying to investigate the kind of surface issue that came out was that there's another call with Zelensky from April that we've got to get to the bottom of. And I believe that call was actually even referred to in the transcript of the call that we already know about. But as I went to look into this April call, I see it says, it's so funny. It says this call has been subject of intense rumors. This is in the daily beast. Of course, this call has been subject of intense rumors and fascination for days. As more information has been made public about the pressure that Trump exerted on Zelensky to look into largely discredited allegations of corruption involving former vice president, Joe Biden and his son, Hunter. This was from, uh, September. 25th. Wow, that's funny that this call is coming up so much, but right now. Uh, but the that just goes to show you when they say something's breaking news, it's completely not. It's probably been there for a while. Yeah. But but the idea that this is discredited makes me nuts because today was a big article in the Wall Street Journal. It wasn't on the front page, it was on page A4. It says Ukraine energy firms US hires go beyond Biden's son. Now, there's a lot in this article. I'm not going to pull it all apart, but they mention names that we've mentioned before. It fails to clear up what I consider to be the crucial question here, which is why, who was pressuring Ukraine to investigate whom, why, and when? So it doesn't, it actually adds to the confusion on that, but it all does. Yesterday, it all adds to yes. the confusion. Yesterday or the day before was another article about more like questions on Burisma, more fishy stuff. The idea that these were discredited allegations a month ago or six weeks ago is it just it's either like to, just it's total disregard for journalism. Absolutely. Period. And no one actually <laughs> discredits it, but every article says something and, to that nature. What does that mean, discredited? Yeah. There should be an investigation. Like huge amounts of money, billions of dollars are gone for sure criminally. Like there is for sure a a problem with money that Ukraine used to bail out a bank that took IMF money against the rules of the IMF that Biden and Kerry promoted. That is a fact. And that our money was going into that. So they need to investigate that no matter how, what the words are in a transcript, they need to investigate that. And it is not discredited. It can be disproven 
perhaps. There is no evidence be, of wrongdoing. <laughs> it needs to be investigated. It would take years to investigate this. Years, in my opinion. Who's allowed to call for this investigation? Because clearly Trump's not. I know. Who? Jeff Sessions. Oh, I Jeff want Sessions. Jeff Sessions to win. He's throwing his hat back in the ring to be to get his old seat back. I saw to that. be senator again, and and of course, oh, this was another thing that tweaked me. I the article I read has a picture of him looking like a dope, like a miserable jerk, mm-hmm. and it says Jeff Sessions, President Trump's disgraced former attorney general. Disgraced, disgraced. I think that guy displayed nothing but integrity and honor. And this is a guy whose who's policies I totally disagree with on many levels. I mean, he is just like your straight-up kind of hard-nosed conservative who wants to fight the drug war and and thinks that some foreign intervention is justifiable and he's afraid of, uh, you know, buys the party line on, on geopolitics, I think. But... Seems to me his touchstone is always integrity and the law and the Constitution, all of that. And that's why he was so easy to set up and knock down with with the with recusing himself and all of that. I mean, he just I it's so it's such a weird feeling. It's cognitive dissonance. You're you've you're, been on board with Jeff Sessions for a long time. It's, but... Isn't it the craziest thing? Because I absolutely it's I say this about communists more often. Like I would rather a legit like true blue, true believer communist with integrity. Yeah. Just in my life or even in politics, honest to goodness, because eventually they would have their eyes open. Anybody who's looking for the truth is going to have their eyes open. This is an example of somebody who I just I, I would just prefer a straight shooter who really looks to the law. And if he's there, if he's in the Senate, he quite possibly could ask for something like that. What you're saying about someone who is and he would someone who is true to their principles being easier to set up that's in politics is absolutely correct. It's what communists and others target. Is, oh, you think? Why? That's what I mean. I've heard the other thing. That's what Solinsky talks about. Solinsky says never ever adhere to the principles of the people that you're manipulating. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but of the groups that you are leading, never oh, ever. Oh, I bind see what you're saying. To the, yes, yeah. yes. I, I would say two things. That it, you can exploit. That's what some people think. Why we still are allowed morality like so yesterday you were talking about how italy is going to bring climate change into the schools as like this fundamental teaching thing it's going to be a requirement i'm sure it'll come here that if they wanted to introduce or eradicate fundamentals to the children with once you have government schooling and they're going to have cradle to career stuff like stacy abrams wants you could really uh you could get rid of you could like the soviet union made like religion banned it. And yes, it, it survived. I'm not saying that, but they don't actually do that. They don't hit it as hard as you think. And I, I have read that or I heard su- su- suppositions that they do it because they want us to have that morality. So we don't lie, cheat and steal. And that we don't recognize in other people, but that we can be exploited. It's like libertarians. Libertarians can be exploited for their recognition of the right to work and travel by a totally unfree country that screws up absolutely everything and then opens the borders, which just makes that 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 can be exploited. That so that right to work and travel can be exploited by a, a savvy and cynical 
power elite. But the other idea is like the godfather idea where they don't they won't let a judge in or like the Obama thing, the guy who says that he took Obama around to get coke and engage in uh, in Chicago. Yes. Like sexual practices in the back of a limo that you can't have somebody who doesn't have skeletons in his closet because then you can't exploit them. So I can mm-hmm. see how both things can work because when, when Jeff Sessions recused himself, he was laughing at the suggestion that he was colluding with the Russians, but there was like this little loophole that said like some certain thing about uh, like a recusal. And he's like, well, if you read the letter of the law, technically because of this, I really am not allowed to be engaged in that. And he was just like, I, I accept that that's the law, but he yeah. shouldn't have, you know, he just shouldn't have. Yeah. I, I think both those happen. The CIA actually talks about the other method compromising and gives ways that they go about oh, compromise. It's compromise. Com- right? Oh yeah. Like, Only the that- Russians do it. My mistake. <laughs> <There> we, <are. laughs> we never engage in that behavior. I think Chris Wallace is saying that to Putin or something like you have compromise on Trump. Do you have compromise on Trump? <laughs> that's not, that's you got to work on my, is that the word? Is Chris it compromise? Yeah, I think that's right. Yes, you have to work on your Chris Wallace because he's an easy one and he's good because he says so much dumb stuff. Yeah, I got to hear him and then I can do it right before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got such it, a distinct it. voice. Do it. So, Fareed, you know his last name better than Fareed I do. Zakaria? Fareed Zakaria, allegedly, is a story that came out late last night or early this morning, was allegedly in negotiations to interview Ukraine President Zelensky. And really? even though Fareed did not know this, apparently <laughs> he didn't know that he, he didn't was know this. <laughs> no, he was in negotiations to, and he yeah. when he talked about that, this was reported All on right. CNN. Well, he's right? got a producer, I guess. Right, he, this was reported on CNN, and he was talking about it. He was in negotiations. They did not have a set date, and they were still trying to lock down an interview with Zelensky, according to him, and. The New York Times also released a story yesterday saying that Zelensky was set to publicly announce an investigation into Biden and Burisma, which is what is at the the crux of the quid pro quo, is Trump was going to release aid only upon this public announcement being made. And apparently, according to the New York Times, although Fareed never mentioned this, this was going to happen on CNN. So the New that York, would have been awesome, it would have and been it might have television. sparked an actual investigation, yeah. which would have been great. And why on earth would CNN host a Ukrainian president announcing an investigation into Biden? That's they the would thing. never, ever do that in a million years. Fareed, That's just not how they roll. The article about this is on CNN, and it's citing the New York Times, which is saying what's going to happen on CNN. It's so bizarre. And Fareed said that he didn't know that Zelensky was going to do this. He didn't know it was just going to be sprung on him. <laughs> this, this bombshell. And the New York Times said two days before this was going to happen, Trump released the aid because it was leaked or something. So that, this was all September, right? Yes. Is that the time frame we're talking about? This September? is in September, although the dates don't line up to what they're saying because Fareed said really? the interview was going to happen sometime between the 23rd and the 27th. And the New York Times says that two days before the aid was released or two days after the aid was released – is when the interview was supposed to happen. The aid was released on September 11th. So I, I don't know how CNN 
how the New York Times knows CNN's schedule better, and they knew that they had a set date, yet Fareed didn't know he had a set date. It's all just a bunch of it's, See, it's think, mind, yeah. mind spinning. It, it, I think the IG report was released on September 26th, if that adds to the confusion. It does. Seems to be. I think it does. It all yeah. piles think, up on the confusion. <laughs> it all adds to the confusion. Which I think is here's the something, Here's something confusing, too, that I think there's something real here, but as usual, you'll never, ever, ever get to what the real issue is. Like the Giuliani thing with these other guys, fraud guarantee, and it's. I don't think it has anything to do with Trump, but this guy, right? Fraud, fraud guarantee, guarantee is, is a name. shell. From what I can tell, is a shell company that says that it was insuring foreigners against fraud that happens in this country, uh-huh. and I actually think that's rampant. So that Americans defraud foreigners, and then there's nothing foreigners can do, like they don't know the laws. So this thing, fraud guarantee, was a company run by these four guys: Parnas, Furman, Kukushkin. And Korea, those guys, two of those guys are the guys who supposedly were engaged in the, quote, Ukraine pressure campaign. So put that down as how this is. I'm sure there's a a new name. That's the name. That's the handle they're giving it. So Parnas and Fruman, you've probably heard about them as Giuliani associates who were helping in the Ukraine pressure campaign. Yeah, Fruman, the guy from Ferris Bueller, right? Bueller. Bueller, he plays. I don't know. I think he plays a guy named Fruman or a name similar to that. He pretends to be yeah, that name, the yeah. hot dog that's, king of Chicago. I wonder if they just too, pulled it directly from that movie. That's too obscure. Reference me right now. You have to look that one up. So yeah, so these guys were part. I it's hard to see. They're definitely associates of Giuliani and. Four of them, these two guys, plus Scaramucci and a guy, a Long Island Trump supporter named Charles Guchardo, 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 went to Israel together in 2018. This is what I'm trying to piece together. And this Guchardo guy gave fraud guarantee or like made a loan to Giuliani fraud guarantee that was convertible to stock and fraud guarantee, but fraud guarantee has no clients and does no business. And Giuliani never did any ads for them or anything like that. So it doesn't really make sense. But the story that's being recorded reported is that Guchardo gave fraud guarantee $500,000 or gave a Giuliani firm $500,000 as an investment in fraud guarantee on behalf of this Parnas guy who didn't have any money, but wanted to retain Giuliani to keep access open. That's the story that's being reported. But again, like the dates don't really work because they're saying this happened in 2018. They said by January, 2019, Giuliani was hitting those guys up for Parnas and Fruman to, to help in Ukraine to derail the Mueller investigation and to damage Trump's political rival, rival Joe Biden. Right. This is January of 2019. In so January Biden, of 2019. Right. Biden didn't announce till April, first of all. So I went back to like, I searched by date to see how much chatter there was about Biden running in January 2019. And I found one article. It was in the New York Times, and it was like just kind of obliquely about that. Like it was said he might consider a run like anybody would, but he was absolutely not. It was not in the bag at all. I noticed in that article that that 
Joe Biden is re- represented by Creative Artists Agency. <laughs> the CAA. Isn't that funny? Yeah, a it's lot just, of them are. And Stacey Abrams know, just signed with one of those agencies as it's, well. It's kind of crazy mm-hmm. that they, yes, right, United Talent Agency, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's so fucked up. I read in this book, it's a fantastic book by Harold Laswell. Uh, Which one is it? He's a social he's got scientist, a lot. analyzed propaganda. It's like the world. It's like world revolutionary elites. A study of them, their rise to power, and all these different regimes over the past hundred really? years. It's fantastic. About I'm like, really. What yeah, year did he write it? Like 1960. So it doesn't go back. I want to read about the French Revolution. He covers all the Nazis, the, the communists, and he might cover the French actually. I, I haven't got to the third aspect Dude, of it, but what that. what he says in it is he's talking about how the background of all these people that rise to power. Involves people who want to be actors and entertainers, and the ones who don't end up becoming actors or entertainers go into politics, which is what we've talked about a lot. Well, that that's an expression. Politics is acting for ugly people, which I really don't like calling names like that. Yeah. But they that's it took me. It, it, I continue to try to understand the depth of of that they have act, they they are acting majors they have acting experience they're trained i believe they have acting coaches certainly netanyahu does that that's yeah. public information now they're all getting they have, deals too yeah obama with his netflix deal stacy abrams the talent contract we just talked about going to be making voter suppression propaganda film is what it'll be hollywood's one of the main targets for propaganda because the people there the, the idol worship enables them to influence people so propagandists want to get the messages in the mouths of these influential people and also because the medium of film is such a powerful way to spread propaganda and to really change a culture over time edward bernays talked about this all the time he was giddy over the idea of hollywood and film as a propaganda tool and a way to mind control the public basically We've seen that before, too, like the origins of all this prep from radio to television yeah. to film. It's dramatic storytelling, too. Like Bloomberg entering the race is a plot twist. I said in a few, like a couple weeks ago, there's going to be a plot twist. Is it yeah. going to be Hillary? Is it going to be Abrams? Oh. Bloomberg, there's going to continue to be plot twists. But now he says that he's considering running. And he's opening the door to get on the primary ballot in Alabama, and he's worried that the Democrats don't have a candidate, and what they really need more of is another old, rich, white person. <laughs> so here's what so here's the thing that I was digging into, and I was amazed. So I, I saw a headline that said Pete, Mayor Pete hired – former Obama economic advisor to be his, whatever, economic advisor. And I thought, okay, who is this? I clicked through. It's Austin Goolsby, who is a bonesman, skull and bones, oh. for sure. Really. And and he's, I think he's my age or younger. I don't know. He's probably, no, he's definitely my age. So he... So I'm like, oh, wow, that's that makes me think that Mayor Pete is going somewhere here. And also yesterday, Stacey Abrams all of a sudden said she would be somebody's VP. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, Mayor Pete. I, that's what I'm thinking. But yeah. let me tell you some of the stuff I found on Mayor Pete. 
he's I think he's a created person. Oh, I yeah. think he's he's one of the, oh you do too you oh, know absolutely. him. I, I haven't looked tell. into no I haven't looked oh. into him. I just think he's completely phony when I watch him on television. I don't think I've ever seen him say anything. I've never even registered everything him. about Am him. I? It's like he has Obama's speech coach. His I think I thought he and Beto O'Rourke were the same person for a while there. <laughs> I just couldn't. I don't know. Like the skinny white guy, the skinny young white guy. <laughs> you know, that's it. Yeah. So I so, have to say that Stacey yeah. Abrams. See, I thought Abrams. I thought it'd be the other way around. Abrams would be the the head, and um, of course, Goodridge, that's what we thought. I know. I know. He, he's so much tinier than her. For him to be the president, oh, that's going to be a hilarious stage picture. That completely feeds into the kind of role flipping thing that they love. Yeah, like they they just want. She's like, like two or three of him. He's yeah, a tiny had, guy. They they I think that's just the kind of thing they'd like to. Yeah, flip the script. <laughs> right. So it started in high school. He won an essay. Where he essay contest where he wrote about then congressman and one of only two independents, Bernie Sanders. He won the contest, so he got to go to Boston and he met Caroline Kennedy. From there, he went to Harvard. He became a Rhodes Scholar, which you know what kind of a red flag that throws up. Rhodes Scholar. Yeah. He studied at Oxford, which I think goes hand in hand with being a Rhodes Scholar. Then at a very young age, in 04, so I think he's like 22 at the time, he worked for William Cohen, who was a Secretary of Defense with a very close relationship to Sandy Berger. And I have this great, what's the guy, guy's name, James Jones or something like that? Uh it was right off on the Council of Foreign Relations, but it's no longer there where he says we have this chain of command from pre, like through the secretaries of defense. And he lists people like Sandy Berger and Kissinger who were not in government anymore as being his chain of command. This is a guy like in, I think, I don't know if he was secretary of defense or joint chiefs, I think. So that that's the company this William Cohen was keeping and. Mayor Pete, as a young person, fresh out of college, I'm sure, was working with him at his company. He worked on the Kerry campaign shortly thereafter. But what really made me think this this guy has been in it from the beginning is that he he's, was supposedly involved since 2005 in the Truman National Security Project. Have you even ever heard of that? No. It has 30,000 members. And it's basically the Democrats' neocon thing, like about foreign policy. It's their it's their deep state, I guess, when it comes to foreign policy. And it was founded by a woman named Rachel Kleinfeld, who looks like she's the same age as Mayor Pete. She is now at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, which is basically an extension of what started World War One on purpose to fundally, fundamentally transform this nation. That's in the record. She was a Yale undergrad, which makes me think she's probably also a bonesman. She studied at Oxford. She was a Rhodes Scholar. She founded this Truman Security Project, and she must have been very young when she did it. She was also a Truman Scholar, if I'm not mistaken. She worked at the World Bank. She's got deep, deep, deep state ties. And and I think that he, she and Mayor Pete have had a relationship basically since maybe they were Rhodes Scholars together, although it looks like they were in different colleges at Oxford. But I just feel like 
I never realized how deep state Pete is. So it seems to me he's the guy. He's there. What and if it's not this guy, he's there. He he's on the world stage for a reason. Yeah, they've been talking a lot about him as an emerging candidate. I think last week we briefly talked about how he's getting the baton as the leader, the front. Although he's not in the polls that they're reporting the front runner, he's but like they can fourth. hit every intersectionality with him and Stacey Abrams. Not every intersectionality. Hold on. Not every. Mm-hmm. Well, there are 56 genders. I mean, is that what you're talking about? I'm talking about older African-Americans that are Democrats. Oh, yes. that's They're hitting them. Yeah. That's right. They're going to attack them. I bet they start publicly embarrassing, like, that old preacher guy who you played clips for. Oh, was that uh, Atlanta? No, I, I was referring to a, a, a preacher in Atlanta. There was a big story about him recently who's a big Democrat who said he doesn't believe that uh, uh, African-American community is ready to Yes, elect. I remember that story. Yeah. Yes, and what I'm saying is they're bringing that story out. They're highlighting it. They're calling attention to it, and then they are going to attack that demographic. Oh, yes, yes. They'll yeah. get him to quote Bill Cosby or Louis Farrakhan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they'll... That's going to happen right away if this guy is for reals. And that could very well drive a lot of a lot of those people away from the Democratic Party. But it party. doesn't – how much does that matter? Like when we're – what really matters, right? The swing state ma- swing states matter. The perception, really. But yes. I know. Like, I know. I really get overwhelmed by like where is – where – where where does the voting perception overtake voting reality for what they're yeah. working on here? I just don't know. I really don't know. I, I mean, don't sometimes I think it does matter, mm-hmm. and and sometimes I think it does. Like the Roy Moore thing, I think the votes were actually mattering there for a bit, but and I think that if he had gotten his full investigation, it was fully vetted a lot of irregularities would have come to the surface. But then when that happens, like with us, with Brian Kemp in Georgia and Garland, like they found it, they filed the suits. They asked for this to be investigated. They had evidence that, that the voting rolls were not secure and it didn't go anywhere. So I think they need the perception of the winner. I think they do funny business at the polls. I think they need to suppress investigations by owning whoever it is, the secretary of state or whatever. But all of it goes together, and I, I just I don't know what the difference maker would be. Like in Kentucky, that governor who won't give up his seat, the incumbent who they who the Democrat is just saying he beat. My guess is he he did not get beat, but he will he will still be replaced. And as long as it's the perception that he got beat, they'll allow it. So I I think like. As long or as even that create... it's close. They yeah. can't cheat if it's not close, like Al yeah, Franken. Exactly. Like I, Al Franken did not – I don't think he won that election that time. And that is, it. I think, a major role of it. As long as you can create the perception, the belief that it was close, and, and maybe if it was close, you have to get it that way, then you can kind of tip it in whatever way you want to go with the corruption aspect of it because people will have really no way of verifying. The public won't. Right. So – so that so I, I think actually Atlanta or Georgia would be a big ground zero for that. 
because they want it to become a swing state because of the demographic. And that's a big part of the demographic. As you know, when you listen to the callers into my show, like that is, uh, if, if they're going to swing, if they're going to swing Georgia, it's going, they're going to have to get out the black boat or make it appear like they get out the black boat. But there are so many black voters who are not fooled by that stuff. Yeah. I mean, my show is often populated by black voters who who are not easily manipulated. Yeah. And this is why Trump is here right now speaking like right now, Trump is in Atlanta speaking. Yes, yes, yes. Launching a black voter initiative. And the reason oh, that yeah. he's doing that is because right. Atlanta has a thriving or growing African American community. And it's, it's this, I mean, we are in Atlanta, the central, the ground zero of the culture war with Stacey Abrams, Trump coming here now. Bringing Hollywood. Right. Democrat. To Georgia. Debate. Like that. That is a part of it. Bringing yeah. Hollywood to Georgia, which they Absolutely. did on purpose, is such a big part of that. I, I had to look at, I made a point of watching an aerial view of the motorcade, of Trump's motorcade coming into Atlanta. Did you see something I tweeted a couple of days ago about a woman who won, I think it's just a council seat in Virginia. <clears throat> she She won this seat and... Her claim to fame was that there was this picture that went viral of her riding her bicycle along the president's motorcade and flipping him the bird. Yeah. Yeah, I did see that. Do you remember this from way back when? I do. I saw, I think I know where you're going with it too. Yeah. Okay. So she, first of all, she was at some government contractor for six months. She said she was forced to resign Mm -hmm. because of that picture. She said, I knew they would find out about it, but I was willing to take the chance. They found out about it because she posted it on her social media. She said her argument was, I wasn't doing that on work time. It wasn't a work account. Meanwhile, she was a social media liaison for the State Department. (laughs) <laughs> for six years really so yeah i'm pretty sure that it was this that's she was definitely a social media liaison and she was definitely at the state department for six years her name was julie briskman and i'm like how do you get forced to be you know how do you how are you forced to be resigned like that you can't be people force you to resign so they don't have to give you a big severance package and they keep from outing your affair they, they fire you or they don't fire you, something like that. You got to fight that. She, I don't have the note here, but I know she was at the State Department for years. She ran for office and got elected, didn't and she? And won. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm saying. She won just the other day on Tuesday. Yeah. So and- I'm looking at this picture of this chick. It's like she's, you know, and she and her, and she was vulgar and stuff towards Trump. Was and- that her platform? I flipped off Trump on a bike. Yes. Is that her whole... Yes. That takes yes. zero skill. Yes. Or and all her thing do. was just like expressing herself in bumper sticker sound bites with vulgarity. I was just, I was just expressing, was, I was feeling that's where I was in that moment and I didn't care. So I'm looking at, I'm thinking, they're letting this person ride up along the motorcade? Yeah. At all? That under was a any suspicious. circumstances? Ridiculous. So. I just, this is how I test my theories. I just find the first example that I can find. So it's random. That's random. I'm not controlling what I'm picking. I'm picking the first one. I realize I need to pick 30 random, but whatever. I'm just saying I picked his motorcade. How does the motorcade work? 
the entire town, the whole city, Atlanta, is is cordoned off in the areas where he's going. Yeah. There's no JFK opportunity. They completely clear it off, and you see aerially there's no one even in eyesight. And Traffic's people complain about yeah. it. Yes, the traffic is a nightmare. It's completely closed. You can't even see it. Like, you can't get close enough to be like, oh, there's the president. You don't even see it. There were no random disgruntled bicyclists pedaling alongside Trump, flipping him the bird. Like, clearly, she's hostile and random, but we're going to let it go because of the First Amendment. It's like, they don't know. They don't know who she is. They don't know what's going on. She could be a suicide bomber. Upper butt, right, you know? Exactly. And, I mean, you can't, you can't, there's no chance. So that's, that's the, just somebody let that happen or it wasn't really his motorcade. Right. I completely agree. And the idea that this is the basis of a political campaign that she gets nominated on, that she flips someone the bird. How stupid are we as I a country? Know. Is that what she's going to do? It's maddening off? that this is, this is where they're bringing our discourse. And the reason it happens in foreign countries is that their system is so corrupt. That having real discourse in a free media in a in a parliamentary setting is is futile because it's so corrupt. And yes, we probably are that corrupt, but we used to have to respect that kind of discourse because what gave us credibility. And they're they're by abandoning civil discourse, you abandon the ability to actually exchange ideas and, and force people to defend themselves with articulateness and ideas and facts yeah and i tell you she better keep flipping people off otherwise her base is going to be upset yeah. they're going to say that's why i voted for her she flips people off and she's not well, doing it anymore if she starts like aocing and hitting all the different viscerally eating popcorn nor noisily crunching or oh, netflixing doing the, and doing chilling the, the sexual thing that people do on maybe, youtube to get maybe followers. she'll she'll show elizabeth warren what netflix and chill really means yeah elizabeth warren was asked that. at a yeah. rally Somebody asked her if she prefers a Broadway play, I think it was, or Netflix and chill. And she just immediately was like, oh, Netflix and chill, which Netflix and chill is asking someone to come over and have sex is what Netflix and chill is. (laughs) I'm extremely alarmed by that because I have teenagers and who knows what else I don't know about what they're saying. That's funny. Uh, I want to get one quick story. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, do, do, do. Go go a little bit over. We had, there was a story yesterday about people were very puzzled because they were receiving text messages that were just kind of peculiar or out of the ordinary. Some from dead relatives, some from exes or dead friends, some from people that they had had a falling out with. And it turns out that text messages, and this is, all of the major cellular providers were affected by this, which is the peculiar thing to me. That is peculiar. All of even Google Voice, this happened with. I don't even know how that works, but that apparently happened in this. It was text messages that were sent around Valentine's Day last year, around those few days, that never showed up, that all of a sudden showed up yesterday. 
Can you imagine how many relationships this might have affected? Ah. People were getting. Oh, some people thought their exes ex were messing. Yeah, they yes, were messing with them. Absolutely. And wow. People getting in fights. People. That dead is relatives. not a random event. All of the cellular networks. I think Sprint said it was and some Valentine's sort of outage. Day. Yeah. I mean, Valentine's Day is the one that can really get you into trouble. Absolutely. Yeah. There and they have some stories wow. of it. Like one of them says this. This uh, girl named Marissa, she's 25 years old from California. She got an unwanted message from an ex she had stopped talking to, and she says it wasn't good for her mental health to get that message from her ex-boyfriend. She said it didn't feel great, and she thought that he was messing with him, messing with her, and he had to send screenshots of the text message from like a, a year ago to prove that he, he wasn't messing with her. And there's all kinds of stories like this in these articles and the, the phone companies are giving different explanations or they're not responding, they're not commenting on what happened. So, like, if it wow. happened with one, like, one phone company, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But when you're. How could it possibly have happened across the board? Right. It's just I'm very, very curious to know the explanation. Maybe it's some sort with. of 5G test or some weird thing going on. I don't know. That's something to look oh, out maybe. for. Maybe. But there, it reminds me of a movie I saw many years ago, many, many, many years ago. Where a bag of mail, a bag of mail was discovered in a crash plane like five years after the plane crashed. And the U.S. government has to deliver mail. Like they have to. They can't throw it away. They have to. If you lose a letter, like it's happened to me before, like a letter has come up after like being thrown in the garbage. It got out of the garbage. They tape it up and they send it. So like things completely messed up people's lives. Like a letter came. That's honey, I'm leaving you for somebody else. But like, he was so happy she never got the letter because he changed his mind. Yeah. Then it, you know, then like, it comes through on text yeah, message. Yeah, five years. Oh, like, no. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that is, I've seen this movie before. This is a comment <laughs> on society. It's damaging. Too. Like, the way that we don't talk on the phone as much and people have, especially young oh, people, only text. Boy, it's a warning. It's a chill. Yeah. It's a, I mean, at the very least, it says, hey, man, don't ever write – things will come back to you. Like that is – and this is another thing Snowden was telling us about. He's like he kept saying it's, it used to be ephemeral. Is that the word he was using? I had to look it up. Probably. I mean, that's a popular word. I mean, I've seen the word a million times, but to really know what he was talking about, I guess I don't really know what it means. But I think it means – I think he was saying it means that stuff just disappeared. Yeah, that it was not solid. I think that's probably what ephemeral yeah. means. And that this, and I totally think that this is going to have a an impact on our children because psychologically, they, definitely. Yes, they're going to not radio, know. Radio, radio used to be that way. So when I first started, I always put my podcast up of my radio show, but the everybody else who was there was like, "You never ever have to have an anxiety attack about what you said on the radio because it's gone forever. It's in the wind. It's in the air." I'm like, "It definitely is not. Mm. It's it's there forever." Everything you ever said. That's why I like Mike Pence. I'm like, really? He had a radio show and he still gets to be vice president. They didn't really. I mean, surely he said a few things that yeah. could be used against him. Yeah. And you probably see it when he gets to be president and runs for re-election. But so, uh, yeah, so I'm sure there's more to the story, but it could just be a lesson like that. Well, think about the psychological impact, especially on, on kids and people that this happened to. They're going to be sending text messages now moving forward, and when they don't get a response or they don't get the type of response they're hoping for, they're going to start to say, did, did it go through? Did what I sent mm -hmm. go through? Is it going to show? Mm -hmm. And they're going to start to drive too. them mad. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think that's And then they're going to start like bugging people. But that message thing, so I was going to say, it, it depends on how widely disseminated that little information is. And I'll tell you, I did not have a lot of time today to look at just like the whole litany of headlines. And that came across my screen. I'm a little. Like it, it, it was a notification yeah. onto my. It was iPhone. a prominent story. It was being pushed, definitely. And I, I got to say, I'm a little, a little disappointed that no random messages showed up for me. <laughs> from dead people. From whoever last February. Dude, I don't want. I don't want the message <laughs> from my husband saying I'm leaving you for another woman. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I don't want that one. <laughs> I'm gonna just keep things. Like, I'm not gonna look at my phone for a couple of days. So, yeah, I want to, speaking of that beautiful music, I want to thank J.J. Boogie for the great custom-made music for the intro and the outro. Very different feel, very different vibe. Really appreciate it. it. You know who else I appreciate? The people who we've never asked for any donations on Drive Time News Blast. But people still send money through the propaganda report. We have donations we have patreons and even people who subscribe and share we are very grateful really appreciate it it's i think people do not realize how much time and effort goes into this for every probably half hour that you listen to every show we put up between binkley and me it has to be six hours a day seriously like combined effort it's just a lot so we don't mind doing the work but we really appreciate if you chip in. So maybe on Fridays, we'll just tell people how they can contribute. Like my thinking is if you listen every single day, a dollar a week would would compensate us for the opportunity cost and all the babysitting I have to get and all that. So Binkley, why don't you tell people how they can contribute and how else they can help us? It's definitely over six hours. Combined. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Definitely over six hours. Combined. I was just chiming in my three, but yeah, okay. And you guys can you can help out through uh, become Patreon, or you can donate through PayPal, or uh, share the show, tell your friends, help us expand our audience and grow. And you can find all those links at thepropreport.com. And seriously, thank you very much for everyone who has donated. We're the only two involved in this operation and <laughs> it's a lot of work we, we are do not get it. we haven't been doing as many deep dives lately but we're going to do those we just we're adjusting to the new um workload and we will <laughs> do deep dives because we do enjoy those and uh, yeah so thank you from uh the bottom of my heart i'm very appreciative and yeah that's that's all i have mm-hmm. to say you guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon around 4 p.m. on your favorite podcasting platform or with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. And we will talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy this groovy music.